Happy Friday, and thanks for spending another week with us here at the Apollo 13 Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of one of the greatest space history movies ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard-directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Chris Henry of the EAA Aviation Museum in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And we've made it through the first half hour of this movie. It just time Man, flies, you know? It does. It does. Just yeah. another 120 episodes. <laughs> yeah, piece of cake, right? We just do it, do it laying, laying on our backs. It'll be fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, wow. Well, uh, we, we, start the, we start this minute again with, uh, with poor Marilyn trying to dig a, a wedding ring out of, that, uh, out of that shower at the Safari Inn. But unfortunately, she just doesn't have the, uh, the fingers for it. But, uh, I mean, the good thing, even though it's not shown in the movies, the good thing we know that in real life she did manage to get her wedding ring back. She did. It sounds like later that day uh, they were able to, uh, to get it out of there. So Yeah, yeah. And, uh, frankly, I think she would have been uh, more concerned if she had ever lost uh, Jim's Navy Academy ring. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, that would be in uh, – yeah. That would yeah. be he'd be in you know in trouble or she'd be yeah. in trouble. Uh, <laughs> oddly enough, uh, uh, Tom uh, Hanks actually wore that navy ring uh, um, during the filming. Yeah, uh, that's I, the real ring. I you know I can't imagine the the, the level of terror poor uh, poor Tom was had just having it. You know he probably put that in a safe every night. And say here, take this off the set. But uh, quite a thing. But uh, yeah, we cut from uh, we cut from uh, poor poor Marilyn in her shower cap just trying to figure out what to do next, or could this day get any worse? And she really doesn't have the answer to that one. But uh, we see uh, Jim Lovell getting into his uh, A7L uh, torso suit there. The uh, This uh, this is a two-part suit, and you've got a big torso pressure suit that you kind of need help to get fitted into. Um, you get a, a slight peek underneath at uh, the insides of the suit, the, the, the real, the real suit, the pressure part of the suit is bright blue. It's it's bright blue like you see there around his neck ring, and um, you know we always think of people as having white, and it's just kind of kind of weird thinking about there. There's other there's other colors inside the suit that we just never associate with because we always think of them wearing these pristine white suits. But it's actually it's a dark, you know, it's a, it's, it's brilliant royal blue, and uh, you know the inside they're going to be wearing the glass bubbles, but on their lunar the lunar suits, those uh, those helmets are going to actually be a very bright red, like we saw in uh, on Apollo Nine. Yeah, that uh, uh, I couldn't imagine what it was like trying to move around with one of those suits on. I mean, they're uh, uh, incredibly bulky. It was interesting. Um, we talked to I keep saying it because it's probably the coolest phrase I I ever get to say. But talking to Mark Harmon, and he talked about filming from the Earth to the Moon, and he had to wear those suits, and he said that. Uh, in the process of filming the scenes that they did, that he actually lost like three or four pounds or something like that in like a day, just just hauling around this giant suit, wow. uh, you know. So I couldn't imagine just, you know, <laughs> trying to get ready for a mission, having to wear one of these things, or being an actor. I mean, g- trying to portray them in this stuff. I mean, this stuff is bulky. A lot of a lot of yeah. big gear that they're wearing. And from what I've been reading about the the, the costume suits that they were using on this, uh, I know, of course, the, the name of the costuming company fell out of my head, but they actually built a cooling system uh, similar to what was used in the actual ILC uh, suits that it, it, they would pump cool water through uh, a series of tubes to keep the actors uh, from dehydrating and overheating uh, while they were wearing these big, uh, bulky waterproof airproof suits 
and uh, they carried it through. It was used both in uh, Apollo 13 and then in uh, From the Earth to the Moon. So quite a bit of uh, application of real technology just to keep the actors uh, uh, happy <laughs> and alive. keep them alive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these are the uh, the nice uh, – uh, these are A7. A7 is the type of suit. The A7 L is what uh, uh, Lovell and Hayes are wearing there because uh, the way you tell the difference from uh, the, com- uh, the commander and lunar module pilots are wearing uh, a suit that has six connectors up the front. And uh, the bottom connectors are for uh, uh, the coolant. They keep the, the suit cool and uh, the telemetry. And then you've got an in and out uh, air tube on the uh, on the right side of the the astronaut's own right side, uh, that's the that's the primary in and out. And then on the left side, there's an in and out tube, so they could they could share their portable life support systems, their plus packs, uh, kind of like buddy breathing in uh, in scuba diving. That's kind of the reserve. So you get a very very brief view of the uh, command module pilot, the difference in the command module pilot's suit on second sixteen of minute thirty, just as uh, Kevin Bacon is pushing his head through the. Uh, the neck ring that that his suit only has the two uh, air connectors rather than the four air connectors across the his midsection. It's one of my favorite scenes. Also, with the music, the music is just so spot on. It's it, it's spooling you up to get ready to go fly. And um, I don't know yeah, whoever it, whoever did the music for this this scene certainly knew what they were doing. I mean, the whole yeah, James Horner really he's a master of this. And yeah, it it it's very. Um, Sacred sounding. I mean, it has a kind of a religious quality to it. And this whole, this whole suiting up the themes seems to be like you know they're getting to their formal wear to go to do something big. Yeah. And yeah. I think having the having the music like that with the big the, the French horns, uh, the deep strings, the cellos, just just compounding it. it it's really it doesn't it, like you can tell it's the time for joking around is gone because they're all they're all getting ready to get on top of a 363 <laughs> foot uh, tall bomb and uh, and get thrown to the moon yeah yeah it feels like they're getting ready to go out and play the super bowl <laughs> i mean yeah. it's, you know you're getting suited up to do something for real and the music certainly helps set the tone in the scene oh for sure yeah yeah and just i mean there's so much you you think about all the little things that they have to worry about that every you know you got to make sure that the uh, the connectors are okay so that they don't get you know sucked into a vacuum well and you know something that i like that they touched on in this is you want to talk about the dedication of the 400,000 people who worked on the Apollo program i think it's really summed up nicely in the scene where fred has to spit his gum out into the yeah. hand of the of that worker it's a small scene it's in if you aren't really into the space program you you know you might just glance over it and be like, oh, okay, well, that's a dedicated worker. No, that's what those 400,000 people were. That that really, really, to me, that really struck a chord that when I, when I when I saw that, that everybody who worked on Apollo, no matter how big or small it was, you had a sense of pride in what you're doing with it. Yeah. I, I think there's also a touch, uh, they, they kind of touch upon uh, <laughs> the role of chewing gum in aviation history. I mean, it's just one of those, you know, it, it was, it was <laughs> pointed stick out. of out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you watch the the Rocketeer, the right stuff and all that. There's, you got to, you're doing it to, you know, you chew to just kind of pass the day, but it's to calm your nerves. And uh, back in, back in the day, it used to have uh, pepsin in it, which was kind of a, like Rolaids. I mean, it was, it was an anti-acid so that huh. you, you could kind of cal- calm down your upset stomach while you're doing loop-de-loops in a Stearman. Um <laughs> 
you know, it, it, it's there. I mean, Fredo had gone through a bunch of uh, a bunch of stuff, and he would, you know, later go. Th- he was in a horrible plane crash shortly after uh, Apollo thirteen. He was, you know, above above all a test pilot, and uh, he had that that test pilot sensibility of a guy with you know stick a chewing gum and get me in the get me in the cockpit. Yeah, that um, that I, I could see that for sure. I guess I never thought of it that way. That's a good uh, a good observation there. I never thought about the whole you know lend me, loan, lend me a stick of Bayman's you know kind of yeah. aspect of it. Yeah, it's uh we get the Jack, Jack Swigert and he kind of sums up his whole mission. His his mission is I've got to give these guys a great ride. This is his it's his job, it's his ship. I mean, he's got a commander, but he's the pilot and he's you know, he's the one that you got to make sure that the health and well-being of his ship is going to help uh, the rest of the guys that he's in. He he drives the boat, you know, and he's going to be the one that's going to bring him back home from the moon. I I also like the the hint of um I don't want to say cocky, but the hint of the attitude of some of these test pilots and astronauts of, of uh, you know, I'm going to give you guys a good ride. This is going to be, you know, fantastic. I, I like that. The way he says it, it just, you know, having worked with the astronauts, that just worked. That works. You know, that uh, they were cool without trying to be cool. I guess that's the best thing you can say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, they had every right to be cocky, but they were confident. I mean, I think you you have to approach – the job that you do, especially in this kind of thing, you have to approach it with confidence. You can't say to yourself, I'm really worried about how this is, you know, I don't know if this is going to turn out. And, um, you know, I think uh, touching on uh, Apollo 1 about how Gus didn't like the ship, nobody liked the ship in Apollo 1. They all had their misgivings about it. I think that, you know, it shows where they didn't place confidence in things they weren't confident about. No, I I agree. Absolutely. You know, I mean, and as a controller, I mean, on a much smaller scale as an air traffic controller, uh, every day you walked the steps to that tower cab, you knew you were the best air traffic controller on the planet. You know, it wasn't that you were cocky. You had to feel that way because you were getting ready to do a, you know, a job that could be trying at times, you know. Yeah, no, and, and you, you could say to yourself, I've got this. And that's, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, that's where yeah. all these guys are. They they couldn't possibly train anymore. They know they knew their jobs. They knew that this was the day they were going. And uh, and you feel that in this this one little scene where... Um, not only the astronauts, but the guys putting them all together. They, you know, they spent their utmost care in making sure that they were ready for where they were going today. Oh yeah, and that uh, the the people that work, like I said, I, I keep touching on it because there were so many of them. But those folks, uh, man, they were dedicated. I mean, those guys put in a lot of long hours, and they got to work closely with these people. So you were, you know, think about this: you're you're not going to the moon, but you're going to put your friend in a rocket and send them there. Um, so you're going to be extra careful and extra vigilant that you did everything right, and uh, and that you're doing everything right by them. You know, you want to you want a successful outcome. Yeah, it's it really show it really shows in these scenes. I I love that one the one picture of uh, Lovell's getting Lovell getting suited up around second fifty one where they're they're putting his helmet on and you can see I mean all the all the connections all the different clamps and uh, and attachments the gloves the the interconnections all that had to be right. And it had to be right this day. And I don't know where they filmed this at, you know, where this this set was, but boy, it looked right. I mean, it just it looked it looked sterile. It looked government issue. I I don't know, like I said, if it was a real uh, facility they used or if this was a set, but boy, it it certainly looks the part. You know, bright yeah. white. You know. 
Well, if they if they shot it in Southern California, there's you know there's Lockheed, there was Hughes, there was you know there's a whole bunch there's a whole bunch of places where yeah. they do have clean rooms like that. So yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, I mean, they definitely uh, had had opportunities to shoot this thing. But yeah, it is a beautiful. I mean, you just get that whole. It's almost like a gigantic hospital room. It's that clean. Yeah, that's a good um, comparison. Yeah, it looks like a hospital room. Oh, and you know, even just the little things like you see those uh, David Clark headphones on the on the technician, so that he, once they put the helmets on. And that's the only way you can talk because you've got this big bubble over your head, so you're going to have to, <laughs> you know, talk talking to a microphone somewhere. And uh, you know, anybody anybody who's flown a plane has, has had a pair of those big green David Clarks on. You know what that feels like. So, oh yeah, it, it's uh, it's it, just, it's it, kind it, of a badge it, of uh, honor when you get your first pair of David Clarks as an aviator. Yeah, <laughs> you know you made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, uh, I mean, you, when you when you wear it, you realize you're not putting on like. Um, uh, you know the Beats by Dr. Dre thing. It's very sturdy, very substantial, and uh, yeah, oh yeah, you can drop them on the ground and they'll still work when you pick them up. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, even stuff like when you look at the the phone jacks on the bottom of them, that thing looks like you could plug it into a locomotive and talk to a locomotive. It's really, <laughs> yeah, they were they're rugged. I mean that, yeah. uh, and that color. I mean that's just that's just right. That's just. Uh, you want to talk about you know GA and 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 civilian aviation and even some military. I mean, that color, the the turquoise headsets, and that's yeah, you know that that's a and, you know and like I said, you knew you made it as an aviator, you know, because I had I learned to fly on some cheap cheap headsets, and yeah. um, but you know once you kind of had it, you knew you were going to continue flying, you knew you were through your lessons. Um, that's when you got uh, you know you got the David Clark, so you. You know, not to be a David Clark commercial, but no, but no, I can but, remember you know, buying my first set, and it was a big day. <laughs> it's you know the pride of Worcester. It's right there. You know they, uh, <laughs> they uh, it's just down just down the road from where uh, Robert Goddard launched his first rocket. So it's just it's all wound up together, and they're it it just has meaning. It's like I mean they're they're like the Air Jordans of uh, yeah that's uh, yeah. general aviation. You know, You're on with the analogies today, Jim. Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just a it's this little thing you pick up and you go, yeah, okay, that that's right. That has a sense of uh, verisimilitude. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. And I just I just love the faces and all these things. They all look so darn serious. I mean, like you, you know, they're all their minds like they're 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 here where they're working on, but they're all their minds are all elsewhere. They're all thinking about what I got to do next. What I got to you know. Don't screw up. Do it. Do it the right way. And Hanks does a great job there as being, you know, very focused. Um, you see Kevin Bacon as Swigert. He's interacting with the technicians, but his mind is the mission. You know, you can you can read that so much into his face, and uh, I enjoy seeing that. And the music, like you said, that Horner's Horner's theme coming in here, just playing like a, a prelude to something amazing about to happen. Yeah. And it will. So Yeah, absolutely. It's, I'm actually really excited because it, it, the movie really, you know, I think for the first half hour, they have to explain what you're looking at, what you're getting into. And from this point forward, in my opinion, the movie really starts getting into the mission. I mean, this is, you know, I, I've said it before on this episode, we're getting ready to go flying. And that, uh, that uh, is pretty fun in this movie. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of uh, the opening of the Rocketeer with the with the hangar doors opening and pushing the plane out. That's that's that same feeling you get, you know. It's, um, you know, and you've had you've had that feeling. You get oh, yeah. general aviation. Yeah. You're pushing you're pushing the plane out, or you're taking the you know mo- moving the chocks out of the way and checking for uh, hornet's nests and stuff in the you know in the tubes. Oh yeah. So it's just there, there's something romantic about it. I mean, it, yeah, it, there's there's something deeply deeply intimate romantic about prepping a space or a spacecraft yeah i've never done that yeah. no, uh, no, but prepping but, yeah. an aircraft for a flight it's very 
therapeutic. It's very methodical. You have to do it the same way every time. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it's 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 almost kind of calming. Yeah, and and you know, it's the thing is, it's such it's such a shared experience. I mean, from a you know, from a 150 to a Saturn V, all these guys are doing the same things. You go through the checklist, you go look at everything that can go wrong, and then, you know, once you're sure that everything is okay, then you go on to the next step, you turn the page. And that that's very much the feeling here, that, you know, you feel you've done everything right, and there's anything, anything else that goes wrong, it's nothing... It's nothing that you've done. It's something that you just kind of have to handle when you when you get there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I very much enjoy the the personal connection that, that you can feel. I mean, it, not that many people have gone to the moon, but every, everybody who's ever flown or has has piloted something, you you understand the feeling that they're going through. That you have to be ready. You got to be prepared. And I, I think it goes for anything. Any anything that you do with any sort of level of care. Whether it's a boat or, you know, even, you know, just whatever it is that might interest you. It could be golfing, you know, yeah. going out to the golf course and getting your clubs ready out in the morning when they're still dew on the ground. And, you know, that just anything like that when you really uh, you care about what you're doing and, you know, you're there because you enjoy it, even though it, it's, it could be work. There, there is sort of a romance to, to a lot of this stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll leave uh, we'll leave the three guys uh, together. They're all, re- all ready to go, and next week we're really going to rock and roll with this thing as uh, as we get literally get underway. So, uh, but anyway, well, thanks for staying with us for the first half hour of the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, if you haven't heard uh, all uh, twenty nine previous episodes, join us at our big site Apollo Thirteen Minute dot com, where you can catch up on previous uh, previous episodes. You can also uh, subscribe to us on either iTunes or Google Play or wherever you're getting your uh, podcast. Just Type in uh, Apollo 13 Minute and click uh, subscribe, and you can get us hot and fresh every morning, Monday through Friday. So uh, also, if you want to join us on uh, online, you can find us, uh, of course, on the social media. We've got uh, Twitter at uh, Apollo 13 Minute and also uh, Facebook, the Apollo 13 Minute Mission Control. If you have nothing to do and you're listening to this uh, before uh, August 18th, 2018, please join uh, me and a bunch of other uh, Movies by Minute podcasters out at uh, Movies by Minute Denver at the Bug Theater on uh, Saturday, August uh, uh, 18th, 2018. Hope to see you there. Looks like we're uh, coming up on Lost the Signal in about 30 seconds, but we'll catch you here next week. Be back with us here on the Apollo 13 Minute.